Hey, Nancy, how you doing? I'm so good today. How are you? I'm pretty good, too. I totally just told a lie. I wanted to be like all up and excited for our listeners, but I'm going to say, it's Tuesday. It's been a rough week. <laughs> That's not good. What's going on? What's going on? It's like all small stuff. Like I can't even say like, oh, it's this one thing that I'm just trying to get through. I just, I feel like I've got a hundred different things and all of it's so small. I'm just bouncing from thing to thing and putting fires out. But one of the things that was on my list, which keep getting pushed and pushed and pushed because clients kept calling and kids kept catching on fire was to publish episode three for On the Same Page with Jen and Nancy. And I can tell you that in the last hour that was done. So Yay. encourage everybody to go check out on the same page pod.com. We've got three episodes up and our schedule moving forward permanently, at least till the end of season one, will be Thursdays. Starting this Thursday and every Thursday thereafter, you can expect a new episode up on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, on the website wherever you choose to get your podcasts. Won't it be true that by the time they hear this, there'll be more than three? Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. Sorry. <laughs> by the time, this is, six. this is episode six. So by the time you hear this, there'll be six episodes up. Good, good catch, Jen. That was a test. <laughs> I was just testing you to see if you know that. I don't listen to you. I what's going wait. on here? No, no, I wait till you're done talking <laughs> and I just talk about my own stuff. <laughs> At which point I interrupt you. So are you feeling better or like, has it been a rough couple days, a rough week, two day week, and you're starting to feel better or you're still feeling overwhelmed? At this moment, I'm feeling a little bit overwhelmed because I, I always feel overwhelmed about podcast day. We've, we've addressed that. A lot of anxiety around podcasting. It's going away, but I always want to do a good job and it makes me nervous putting myself out into the world. I feel better because... I had like, it feels like I had about 30 things to get done before we started this and I did them all. So I think I'm going to feel much, much better when you leave. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> no, when we get through this episode and we're recording an episode for our Patreon subscribers, a behind the scenes, we can't do a Q&A because we haven't got any cues yet, but feel free to give us a shout out on Twitter. I just started a Twitter account. It's at same page pod. So tweet us or send us an email at Jen and Nancy at on the same page pod.com with your questions. And we'll be answering, we're doing a full Q and a in our pay for our Patreon subscribers. Yes. That's going to be exciting. If you're interested in checking out that Patreon link, I feel like we're doing all this stuff that normally goes at the end. That's all right. Just we'll warming just up with it. We'll just repeat it at the end. Yeah, too. yeah, yeah. I don't have the Patreon link memorized. There's only so many things I can memorize. My my boyfriend in grade seven, his phone number was 384-8955. I remember that. But I do not remember the Patreon link. I can't even believe you remember that. But it is on the website, on the same page pod.com. You will find all our social links, all our episodes, and the Patreon. I um, can't remember, like, my last address. Oh, you gave me your virus. The one I you did? have? Yeah. The forgetting need to schedule everything. Oh, that virus. <laughs> I totally have the new virus. So I'm going to need the five apps that you use to keep track. You got it. My trainer asked me yesterday if we could switch our, our morning session to the afternoon. Mm-hmm. 
And I had this like feeling that I know the week is full. Like I know I don't have a morning or an afternoon free, but I had a total brain fog on what it was that was going to be Thursday afternoon. And it was hours before I remembered. And when I finally did, I put it in the calendar. On Friday, uh, somebody changed our schedule. Like I had a meeting and they changed it and that just threw me off for the rest of the day. So I was like, all right, I'm gonna go to the office earlier than I was intending to. And I went into the office, I was sitting there relaxed, all proud of myself, like, oh, I have all this extra time to work on my stuff that I wasn't expecting. And then I got a notification. I don't know why my calendar like notifies me at the moment something's already happening. Like oh, it yeah. tells me I have a meeting. Anyway, there are settings for that. We'll take yeah, a Yeah, but look. I tell it to tell me 15 minutes okay. ahead of time. Anyways, what it did was tell me that I had a doctor's appointment right that minute. Good times. On the other side of town to mm-hmm. find out if I have sleep apnea. <gasps> and I missed it completely. And I've been too embarrassed to call them. I have to reschedule. I need to know. <laughs> well... But we're waiting to do our episode on sleep I, we until can't. you go to we that appointment. It might be another six weeks. Mess up the whole schedule. Pod- and I'll tell them that, actually. Maybe that will speed things along. If I say, like, the podcast. Why don't you tell them, why don't you, why don't you, tell them you were sleeping? You missed the episode. I was <laughs> <laughs> so tired. I didn't sleep all night. I slept right through I finally fell asleep. And it was right before the appointment. <laughs> I fell asleep on the way to the appointment is what happened. Uh, yeah. Doesn't Joe notice? Doesn't Joe notice if you are... Because Renault has sleep apnea. And it was obvious. Like, he wouldn't be breathing for, like, two, three minutes. And then it would be like... <gasps> that was, like, a dead giveaway. <laughs> Joe hasn't said anything. I, I mean, maybe there's, like, different levels of apnea. That's it. That has happened to me a few times, but... I choke on my own drool a lot, so okay. I'm not sure. Oh my god! I'm not sure if I'm just breathing. And You're drool. the one that's editing this. Your call if that stays in. That stays in or not? Whatever. I'm an open book. Um, she's. I snore once in a while, and she said, "She no, she did actually once say, after I'd already gone for the test, I said like they're gonna they're checking to see like if did I stop breathing, and she's like, yeah, you do sometimes." I was like, that wasn't information you thought I needed to have? Well, it's important to get that retested then. Because we're going to cover it in the sleep no, episode. No, I tested it. I tested it. Well, it's, it's important for you to go to the meetings, that the appointments that they schedule I feel you. confident that if I call and say, I need to rush on these results on the same page with Jen and Nancy, it's come to a complete sense. <laughs> so I'm pretty excited about this new Pete Buttigieg. And this will not be... What did you it, just say? I know. Exactly, right? This will not be a political podcast. But I have been so upset about Trump. And that's all I will say about it. And all this Beta O'Rourke, Elizabeth Warren. And we're not even Americans. Oh, you are. Mm-hmm. That's right. You are Americans. I'm not. I'm just like Americans. obsessed from afar. only one American. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, out of nowhere, like a phoenix rising from the ashes came Pete Boot Edge Edge. Funny name, but you know why? You, I was thinking the other day, I'm like, I can't wait to tell Jen about Pete Boot Edge because she's going to like him. Why? Because he's gay, just like you. I like all gay people. And then I thought, <laughs> then I thought that was pretty ignorant, Nancy. <laughs> but anyway, Pete came out of nowhere 
And he speaks like eight languages, plays all these musical instruments. Now I like him. Super happily married to his husband, like taking the world by storm. In the last week, he announced his candidacy candidacy from president. And he's so young and cute. He's like 37. And Rachel Maddow, also gay. Did you know that? (laughs) I didn't know. She's my celebrity girlfriend. What is wrong with you? Are you joking right now? They, they, I saw on Twitter that, that Pete and Rachel had a conversation about their coming out stories. And I was like, I did not know Rachel Maddow was gay. See? I, I wish our listeners could see my face right now. <laughs> I'm sorry, listeners. I don't I think it was on CNN this morning. He said, I believe in, in the last six weeks, I've gone from being adorable to plausible. I don't want to spend too much time on politics. There was a reason that I brought it up besides the fact that it gave me hope this week which was that I wanted to support him and I'm not American, so I can't donate money. Apparently we don't like it when the Russians influence elections and give money. I thought that they would make an exception from Canada because you know, we're like neighbors, but they don't. You can just give me your money and I'll give it to him. Well, I was gonna ask that because if, if you would do that, but I didn't know if we should talk about it in public. We'll talk about that on the Patreon episode, the behind the scenes, okay. the one the FBI doesn't have <laughs> access to. Because <laughs> they don't have a membership. The one that Robert Mueller has no access to. Right, right. But what I can do is buy his merch, just like eventually someday people will be able to buy our merch. I thought I can buy a, a Pete. There you go. 2020. So I, won, I went on there. It was like 47% polyester. Mm. And I was like, Pete, you're gay. What are you doing? I expected so much more. When I was sailing a couple weeks ago in the British Virgin Islands, you might recall two years ago, the largest storm ever to hit a landmass in the history of the recorded world hit the British Virgin Islands. And some of the dinghy docks on the shore have been wiped out. We had to swim to shore. So we would put like our visa, our shoes, our towel, like whatever you would need on shore in a dry bag and we would swim to shore. So this one night I swam to shore and there was on a deserted island, a little store with clothes, and they had 100% cotton t-shirts. So Pete, no one's interested in your poly cotton blend. If you, if you want to like pull it, rise it up to actually huge success in our eyes over here in Canada, you got to get rid of the poly cotton blend. Agreed. And I can assure you for on the same page pod merch, no polyester in sight. Oh no, no. And none of our merch will be made by small children unless they're children that we made. That's right. That's right. I think that makes it okay. Yeah, always. If you own the children. (laughs) Nancy, you didn't have to tell me about him because Twitter already tells me every time you stalk him. So I was like, who is this guy? Because like every three minutes, Nancy so liked sorry. something, no, no, no. Nancy tweeted at him, Nancy retweeted what he said. So I was like, who is this guy? And Seriously? thanks to you stalking him, that's how I know who he is. I am so sorry. I'm like a freak when it comes to Twitter. I need two Twitter accounts, one for just American politics and one for like everything else. Renault's so mad. Renault, I won't say that he supports Trump. And we haven't talked about it recently since it seems like Trump is like derailing mentally more than ever. But he thinks that we should have given him a chance, like he's president of the United States and that people should show him some respect. 
And so when he goes on Twitter and he sees how much I've retweeted and shared about from the anti-Trumpers, it causes some conflict in the relationship and we go our separate ways for a little while. And I'm pretty sure he might've actually unfollowed me because he hasn't mentioned it yet and I don't blame him. My um, New Year's resolution, not this year, but last year, I think, was to stop like having my, the first thing I do in the morning is to roll over, grab my phone and check to see what idiot Trump <laughs> tweeted. I'm still doing that and I have to stop. Yeah, no, I had to stop. It was becoming a problem. My intention for this podcast, this episode, is I'm going to take the Twitter app off my phone. And that way I have to reinstall it or go to my computer. I don't I don't mind Twitter. Like, I, I, I actually really enjoy the five or ten minutes that I spend on it every hour on the hour. <laughs> don't worry, listeners. She'll, be, she'll, she'll reinstall it quick. Now, now like, she told oh. you guys to all follow her on <laughs> I can just imagine I, I just told all the listeners how I'm so busy and I have all this work to do. And then I can go on Twitter. <laughs> See, I've like retweeted 600 things from all the anti-Trumpers. I think I stressed myself out this morning writing. I was trying to write about how I need to calm down about all the demands <laughs> that I'm putting on myself right now. And then I need to like breathe. But I accidentally like started listing all the stuff again. I keep doing this. I've already told you this in the past. I'm writing my morning pages. Like I need to not stress myself out about the fact that I'm trying to do this, this, this. And as I'm writing the list, you're getting more and more stressed out. Yeah, I just start hyperventilating and I'm like, ah, these morning pages are so stressful. (laughs) Bullshit morning pages. What's on Twitter? What's on the Twitter? (laughs) The Twitter. Maybe you don't, maybe you should uninstall the Twitter app, but maybe you should also um, be more self-compassionate. <gasps> Maybe you should it. not beat yourself up so much in your morning pages. I feel like this conversation is leading towards self-compassion. You know what? Let's just let it happen. Let's, let's just, just, let's just go, go with there. It. Yeah, let's go there. I read a quote the other day and it's not about self-compassion towards other people. It's about being, the no, other it way is, around. it is about compassion to other people, not to yourself. So it's not about self-compassion is what I'm trying to say. But I thought could be if you flipped it because uh, it was Karen Armstrong and it said, look into your own heart, discover what it is that gives you pain and then refuse under any circumstance whatsoever to inflict that pain on anybody else. But I thought was beautiful. Very nice. And then I thought, you can just as easily flip it around because there's lots of us who would never inflict pain on other people intentionally, but are very uh, hard on ourselves. I'd heard the term self-compassion bantered around over a few years, but I wasn't quite sure what it meant. And I took a course with Emily Moody here in Montreal. And after I took the course, which was MBSR, which is Mindfulness-Based Stress Reduction, which there's an incredible, like everything I could have ever wanted to say about mindfulness is on, well, we'll do a whole episode on it. But in the meantime, there's a cool episode on 60 Minutes where Anderson Cooper, also gay, okay, I'll stop now. (laughs) I'll stop now. Where Anderson Cooper interviews John Kabat-Zinn, who is the the founder of of mindfulness in the Western hemisphere. Anyway, so I took this course with Emily and long story short, we got talking and I ended up building her website, emilymoody.com. Oh. And I did a bit of extra work for her that I didn't charge her for. And she said, 
you know, thank you so much. You always have a credit with me to do one of my workshops. And so a year later, a year or two later, she had been studying with Kristen Neff. So she also, she studied with John Kabat-Zinn, the founder of mindfulness. And then she studied with Kristen Neff and EFF, who is one of the modern founders of self-compassion. And so she was doing this eight week course on, it was called mindfulness, self-compassion, MSC. It's done in, in hundreds of hospitals around the world. And they're using it with veterans, both courses, MBSR and MSC. So I used my free credit to do this mindfulness, self-compassion, and it was life-changing. Like if there's a few things that I did in the last two or three years that contributed, which I would say to being almost a completely different person. Wow. Like I'm a completely different person today than I was two or three years ago. And this eight week course, both of them, but the second one in particular with Emily completely changed the way that I feel about myself and therefore how I live in the world. Did you want to grab a Kleenex? Are you? Yeah. <laughs> Am I moving you? <laughs> Feeling moved? Yeah. And can you give like an example of a situation that you han would handle differently now than, than before? Not a real, like, you know, it can be hypothetical, but just like how, how your perspective has changed? It's more the day-to-day -day stuff that used to trigger me into having a much worse day and now I catch it. Like I can catch myself before it, it devolves. Okay. So as an example, we don't have to talk about the whole ADHD thing, but I am always losing my keys or misplacing some, a paper that was important or a receipt. And in the past, when I couldn't find the receipt, I mean, the way that I spoke to myself, like I can't even repeat it in public, but it was like, I will hear though on the podcast on our very private podcast it was like you are so stupid you're such a loser and like I other things do that I can't say because then I would have to classify this podcast as explicit when we published it <laughs> just horrible self-talk about what a loser I am uh how I'm so stupid and how like I would talk to myself like are you ever gonna learn mm -hmm. like almost like if I was a child it would be like child abuse the yeah. way that you would talk to a child and one of the most important moments I had in the eight week class that I took was there's like six, 16 people in the class, I think. And I mean, they're all beautiful in their own way. They're all intelligent. They're all funny. Like, you know, when you spend eight weeks, you know, the, the classes are like three, three and a half hours once a week. And then there's a silent meditation where you're all together and you don't speak for the entire day, but people are really sharing and they're really intimate and I just couldn't believe the negative self-talk from everybody in the room. And so it was this moment where I was like two things, which was first, I, I wasn't even aware of how badly I talked to myself until people were going around the circle sharing how they talked to their themselves. And then I was super mixed emotions for me because I was on one hand, I was relieved like, oh my God, I'm not alone. In, in treating myself like this. But then it was also horror, like don't talk to yourself like that to the other people. In that moment, I felt so much compassion for them. And the point was to turn it around like a mirror and have that compassion for myself that it's not okay to talk to yourself like that. Sure, and you don't deserve that any more than they do, right? And so from the course, there's like three parts. There's self-kindness versus self-judgment. And so in my own experience, which is all this podcast is about, if it's not clear already, not a doctor, 
(laughs) not a licensed anything, is in those moments where I lose my keys or an important receipt, which is going to make it really difficult to return something expensive. Instead of judging myself and calling myself stupid and a loser and is this ever going to change, is to have some self-kindness to myself, you know, take a step back and acknowledge maybe it was a hard week. Maybe there was a bunch of other stuff going on. I accomplished a lot of things and that everybody, including me, deserves a break, makes mistakes and deserves a second chance. I think too, it's important to remember because we hear a lot about having self-compassion in regards to negative self-talk, but I think I used to have, I used to speak to myself in a pretty crappy way and then I stopped doing that and um, started just talking to myself with a lot of sarcasm and you know like instead of direct insults I stopped saying like I'm so stupid why am I so dumb when am I gonna learn and I but I traded that out for just sarcastic comments which was equally destructive because it was like wow good one Jen what a huge brain you have like just being equally as much of a jerk to myself and now I don't really do that very much either I'm pretty careful about or I don't have to be but I guess I was careful for a while and now I'm out of the habit of talking mean to myself directly but I just have other like I'm really hard on myself about stuff I was joking but earlier but like the things that I expect myself to accomplish and it doesn't mean that I'll tell myself that I'm dumb or lazy or stupid if I don't do it but I'll be really disappointed in myself and feel like I failed myself somehow by not doing that stuff and it's an amount of stuff that I wouldn't expect anyone else to be able to do so maybe I'm not outright calling myself a lazy loser for doing it but I'm still clearly angry at myself and disappointed myself for not accomplishing like superhuman amounts of stuff in a day so day after day after yeah, day. yeah 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 so when we were going to talk about this I think I said to you like yeah I'm, I, I'm gonna look some stuff up and I'm gonna look into it a bit but I'm gonna let you like you know really take the lead on this because I'm not I don't really need to practice self-compassion because I don't really do that to myself. And I have, don't have any experience working on that because I haven't needed to. But then the more I was thinking about it, like, that's so weird. I'm, why am I so nice to myself? <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> like, I never say mean things to myself. And then I was like, well, you used to. And then you kind of stopped directly insulting yourself. And you, not that I never do it. I still occasionally no, I do, but it's sarcastic. not a habit. Yeah. yeah, I do the sarcastic as yeah. well. Like, oh, good one, Nance. Yeah. Stuff like that. One thing that underscores mindfulness is awareness. And if we don't take the time to watch our own thoughts, if they're just on autopilot, like a, like a monkey on a treadmill, we don't even know how we're talking to ourselves. So I can see that you didn't even didn't even cross your mind how you talk to yourself. I mean, you're not consciously going to be aware I talk to myself like I'm crap and I do nothing about it. It does take that moment of awareness for you. For me, it was going to the course. And for you, it was knowing that self-compassion was was something I wanted to talk about as an episode. And then the real work begins after the awareness. It's like, okay, I'm aware of how I treat myself, how I talk to myself, and what can I do about it? Mm-hmm. Um, you were talking about the three elements that Kristen Neff was outlining. I think you mentioned one of them, self-kindness versus self-judgment. There was, there's also mindfulness versus over-identification. Yeah, so mindfulness versus over-identification. I just talked briefly about mindfulness. So it's this moment of awareness where we're watching our thoughts. 
We're sort of watching what's happening as if we were watching a movie. Okay. The over-identification is completely identifying with the thought like, I lost my keys. I'm a loser. I'm never going to change. No one's ever going to love me. And I'm suddenly I'm caught in this loop of self-hatred. Okay. So you're not like, you're not under valuing or under experiencing the situation, but you're not, but you're, you're not, not identifying exaggerating yeah, you're not, it either. You're not going to the extreme. You're not identifying with a situation that it's you. You are not the situation, right? The lost keys does not make you a loser. The, the mindfulness of looking at it is I've lost my keys. I'll do what I can in a moment to find them or while I'm trying to find them because I'm in a rush, I'm going to give myself a break and tell myself I'm not a loser. Me losing my keys doesn't have anything to do with who I am as a person or whether or not I deserve love. I've just lost my keys. That's all. It's that simple. I like that one because it's not like I find when people, when you don't stop to be mindful about something and acknowledge that it's happening to me, I feel like it's fake. So I can't, I can't, I can't roll with that. So I, I have to go to the extreme. Like I have to be like, no, this really did happen. Therefore, whatever. So in your case, so I am a loser. I can't, I'm not going to pretend I didn't lose my keys. It happened. Right. But I like that. It's like, you are acknowledging that happened. Yeah. I lost my keys. I've done this a few times now, but it doesn't make me a loser. And it's something it's yeah. I've lost my keys. I've done it a few times. Clearly it's a pattern. When I have a moment to come up for air and breathe, maybe I can create, like, go out and buy a special little pottery bowl that I can put at the front door, and that's where my keys go. So you sort of become on your own side. Yeah. Like, it sounds, like, so corny, but you become your own best friend. And I think a trick or a hack is how would you talk to your child? Like, I would never call my kid a loser. Well, not when anyone was listening. (laughs) No, but my son, Elliot, is always losing everything, homework, keys, anything, you name it, he can lose it. And he's really hard on himself about that. And I'm the one that has to step in and say, it's okay. We'll, we'll continue to work to create strategies for you. We, now we have those tiles, those little GPS things oh, yeah, yeah. that he can, he has one in his backpack and one in his phone case and one on his keychain. And I do, I mean, we all have tiles. There's beep, beep, beep going around here all the time. <laughs> but yeah, the point is that mindfulness is a way to see it as a situation and not who you are. Sure. It doesn't so define who you are. seeing it for what it actually is, not right. seeing it as evidence that you're a failure. Yeah. Um, and then the other, there was another one. I'm not saying them in order how they go, but there was common humanity versus isolation. And I didn't, I know it's about recognizing, I think it's about recognizing that like a lot of these things are common. Like Yeah, the, it's this whole thing that we're not alone. Like all these things that we're talking about, never losing your keys, you being able to accomplish your to-do list each and every day, we're talking about perfection and nobody's perfect. And so the whole idea of humanity is that people make mistakes and people are vulnerable and the world and humans are imperfect. And it's this idea I keep coming back to about giving ourselves a break. So when they say common humanity versus isolation, it's like that moment that I had in the first or second class of self-compassion where I was in a room with 16 people who were sharing all of the negative self-talk that they have. And, and I really, for the first time, I didn't feel a- alone. Yeah. And there's huge, I hate to keep using the word, 
right? There's huge compassion in that moment. It's amazing. And it's cool because it, it shows you too. It's, it's fun that you get to realize how not alone you are and to feel supported in that and to feel that there's other people who are going through the same thing as you, but it also is a good reminder of why you shouldn't be so hard on yourself because everyone's doing these things and you don't think any of them deserve to be shit on for it. So it really sort of highlights how unfair it is that you're doing that to yourself. But you asked how it affects me in my life. And like one thing, like I talked in episode three about my weight and self-compassion had a huge effect on my going to the gym. In the past, I would go to the gym and I would assume that everybody there had perfect, no body image issues. Mm -hmm. They were all super happy to be there. And I was the only one there to just lose weight and was super fat. And that's what everybody thought. And after the whole self-compassion thing, I know that everyone in the gym is not thinking about me at all. Yeah. They're thinking about themselves. Just like I'm thinking about me, they're thinking about them. And everybody's there for all different reasons. Yeah. It just put everything into perspective for me, which comes down to this element of self-compassion, common humanity versus isolation. Right. I'm not isolated and alone at the gym. I'm there with common humanity at the gym. And people are there for all different reasons. Actually, the gym is a really good example too because there's been so many studies done um, about the effects of positive reinforcement and coaching, even in athletics and stuff, giving um, positive reinforcement and encouragement and cheering people on versus like aggressing them, like coaches who aggress their team. And, right. tell, you know, like, and there's been tons of research done on that and it, it doesn't work anyway. So if what you want is for yourself to not lose your keys, like calling yourself horrible names is not going to help in any way. And that's been proven time and time again. So one thing that came up for a lot of people in the class was, and they were felt really strongly about it was, well, I can't, this is like you, I'll use you as an example mm -hmm. or, or me. I mean, we don't have to focus on, there's only two of us here. So let's use both. If I'm nice to myself, I won't change. So if I give myself a break for always losing my keys, well, then I'll always continue to lose my keys because I'll never learn. Mm -hmm. And it's such an ugly tone. It's such an ugly, ugly way to speak to ourselves. And it comes back again to, I wouldn't talk to my child like that. I'm trying to help my child navigate the world. And if I didn't learn those skills along the way for whatever reason, there's no shame in me learning them now. No, and it's not just a kid too. Remember you were talking about that Dove commercial you were telling me? Yes, I was. What was that? So I'll try to find it and put it in the show notes. It was really quite powerful. But some ordinary women, Dove set it up so that they submitted their negative self-talk to Dove producers they didn't know why or what it was about. And then a few weeks later, they found themselves in a cafe across from another woman. And the woman was saying, you know what? You're so fat. You're so ugly and you're so stupid. How could you wear that jacket? It looks hideous on you. And you could see from the woman's face, like it was, she knew suddenly like in that moment why she had submitted okay. those comments to Dove. And uh, she was just wasn't saying anything. And the woman across from her just wouldn't stop. But how ugly and fat and stupid she was. And how, you know, your ears are so big. <laughs> it's her own words getting yes, put back to her. Yes, her own words getting put back to her. And so she's sitting there almost bashful. And they did this over and over again with a number of pairs of women. And the result was always the same. 
And every time, almost every time, another patron, a stranger, got up in the restaurant and said, don't talk to her like that. And said to the woman, don't let her talk to, to you like that. Your ears aren't big. How rude. Like, I hope you're not friends with this woman. Yeah. And the woman looks so bashful, like, yeah, uh, yeah. Because that's how I talk to myself mm-hmm. every day. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad I saw that commercial because it, it had extra meaning for me when I had my own moment like that in the self-compassion class. Yeah. When I realized I'm not alone and I really do. Other people are talking to themselves like that. Because it's a human experience. Did you guys in the class actually say it out loud, the stuff that you say to yourself? So everyone got to hear what the other people were saying to like what you say to yourself. I think we talked about it like we are now, like in a general concept. And then we broke into small groups of three or four Mm -hmm. to read the the statements back to each other. Oh, wow. And to write down like how it felt uh, to hear those things read back to us. Wow. So I think that self-compassion, I think we've talked about it a little bit. It's it's come up. You know, it was, it was an element of self-care that we talked about mm-hmm. a few episodes ago. And I think it will continue to come up, which is why I wanted to talk about it. So that when we do use the term self-compassionate or I should be more self-compassionate, that our listeners know what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Something else I realized while I was doing a bit of research for this episode is that a lot of the self-compassion practice is really similar to sort of the the buddhist point of view because i there's a lot um in the buddhist practice there's a lot about not just self-compassion but self-acceptance right yeah and so i know a lot of people think of buddhism as being like oh they're they won't even kill a mosquito but it's not it's it's not only compassion towards others it's also acceptance and self self-compassion and i thought that was pretty interesting yeah i i don't know if you can really separate self-compassion from compassion, it's just that apparently we are so mean to ourselves in North America that it has grown into an entire field of study and practice to learn how to be nice to ourselves. So speaking of learning about it, what did you learn? What tools and, and sort of there practices? Were, there were a lot of tools given throughout the, the eight-week course, but a big one was how would you treat a friend? which which keeps coming up even in this podcast is mm-hmm. would I ever talk to a friend or one of my children the way that I'm talking to myself and just to catch to catch myself whether it's losing my keys or losing a receipt or burning dinner like anything mm-hmm. that I would immediately go to a negative place would I be mad would I be mad at Renault if he burned dinner no I wouldn't of course we would just order pizza and get on with it mm-hmm. I might even have compassion for him because he tried to cook a big dinner and something went wrong. Yeah. And of course, there's meditation, which we'll be talking about at some point. There are a number of self-compassion meditations. A big one is meta meditation. One is I want to save that for the actual episode. But it's like four different statements that you you work with until you find four that really resonate with you. But in general, it's something along the lines of um, may I be safe? May I be at peace? May I be free from mental suffering? May I be free from physical suffering? Okay. And you just work with that over and over and over again. And in the actual practice of meta, you go on to give those statements to other people, uh, both people that you love and difficult people, people that you struggle with. Mm-hmm. So I really look forward to talking about meditation because there's a, a couple of, I know I joke a lot about how I don't meditate. I don't meditate consistently, mm-hmm. but... The, the meditations that I do do often, sorry, 
<sighs> but the meditations that I do do, albeit on an irregular basis, I, I do feel quite strongly about, and Meta is one of them. Hmm. I know that uh, selfcompassion.org, I think it's self-compassion.org, yeah. has some guided meditations that you can download for free. Yeah, and a couple of them, like even Insight Meditation, which is an app, it's a free app, and Calm and Headspace, it's so popular now. It's mm-hmm. really taking off. And if you just put self-compassion in the search bar of any meditation app, oh, you're going to get many, many um, different versions of of self-kindness. Cool. And then, of course, there's writing. Can't believe we didn't say that since this is on the same page because we're both writers. You can write a nice letter to yourself. Or you can write, I saw too, um, and actually my best friend, Julia Cameron, also uh, <laughs> has this exercise in her... Um, the artist's way in the beginning. I think it might be in the first chapter where you write even letters in your defense to other people. Right. So, and I saw that in, in in one article I read about self-compassion where you can write nice letters to yourself, defending yourself, letters to other people who maybe have... Letters you... to myself, defending myself. Yeah. <laughs> letters to yourself, one. defending yourself. For real, yeah. To yourself. And then defending yourself, and then to yourself, <laughs> defending yourself, and then to other people that you might not ever give it, you can, but maybe not right. even give it to them. Maybe just do a little ritual for yourself. I don't know. Light it on fire, throw it in the. Yeah. Building a foundation of self kindness. Mm-hmm. So, like we said, one of the people most responsible for bringing self compassion to North America is Kristen Neff. And her website is self-compassion.org. You will find almost everything we talked about, including several exercises mm-hmm. and a lot more information on that website. I will make sure that it is in the show notes. After we had this conversation and we started to bring it full circle, would you mind reading that poem again? So maybe we can like feel what it feels like to say it to ourselves now that we've had this conversation. Oh, that quote, uh, that Karen Armstrong? Yeah. So hers was, look into your own heart, discover what it is that gives you pain, and then refuse under any circumstance whatsoever to inflict that pain on anybody else. Including yourself. Including yourself. Yeah. I like that. All right, you want to wrap this up? I do want to wrap this up. I want to encourage listeners to come back next week and check out Week seven. Yeah. Episode seven. We're over halfway. This is it. I know. If you want to see where to follow us, if you want to check out our Patreon bonuses. No, shut up. Oh, see, I shut it up myself. Is that, that's not compassionate of me. Are we still recording? Why don't you shut up? (laughs) You're always talking. (laughs) What are you even doing here? (laughs) Nancy show. Yes, go over to onthesamepagepod.com. You'll see where to follow us on social media. You can get access to our Patreon account. Where Bonus episodes. Yes. Behind bonus. the scenes. Mm-hmm. Sign up soon. You never know when the price is going to go up. Are you menacing them? Shut up, just my mute. family. <laughs> you can just mute it. I don't know how. I want. I wanted to like grab all of these clips of your phone ringing all the time and put them in the bloopers at the end. Of that one where we're in the self care one where we were talking about cutting off from social media. <laughs> 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 addictions to your phone. 
Sign up soon to that Patreon. We're super excited. We are piling on the bonus episodes, behind the scenes, Q&A. It's pretty fun going on there in the Patreon account. Have a great day, guys. On the Same Page podcast, including show notes and links, provides education and entertainment and is intended for information purposes only. The information provided is not a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment, nor is it to be construed as such. We cannot guarantee that the information provided on this podcast reflects the most up-to-date medical research. Information is provided without representation or warranties of any kind. Please consult a physician for any medical needs and always seek the advice of a qualified health professional for any of your mental health questions. On the Same Page with Jen and Nancy is recorded in Montreal, Quebec. The podcast is written, hosted, produced, and edited by Nancy Murdoch and Jen Chapman. Original theme music by Jen Chapman. to start i always start and people are gonna think i'm bossy they already do julia said that you are (laughs) (laughs) she was like i love it so much mom except for nancy (laughs) she said i love that even though nancy interrupts you a lot you always like insist on getting back onto your topic (laughs) i was like do you love the podcast are you just describing like a quirky dynamic that you've picked up on anyways oh yeah (laughs) i was like what else do we need you can just send them to the website it's all there there's a big Patreon button on the web, on the website and the Instagram and everything. It's on the same page, pod.com. Mm-hmm.